Today's Gospel of the Wedding Feast at Cana follows well upon the Gospel stories of the last two Sundays. Today and the last two Sundays describe three different manifestations of Jesus which tell us more about who Jesus is. Two weeks ago, we celebrated the Epiphany of the Lord, or as we like to say, Three Kings Day, in which Jesus' divinity was made manifest to the world through the adoration of the Magi, who adored him as divine Lord and King. The Magi, who were from a foreign land, also manifest that Jesus did not only come for the Jewish people, but all people. As a manifestation of God, Jesus is a masterpiece of art, God's self-portrait, if you will. That is, Jesus shows us who God is by his words and his actions. Last week, we saw the divinity of Jesus manifested in his baptism in the Jordan River. As God the Father spoke aloud from heaven, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. We also spoke about how through the blessing of our baptism, God's trying to shape us, shape us into one of his beautiful masterpieces. Today we see this theme of the manifestation of Jesus' divinity continue as he performs his first public miracle, changing water into wine at the wedding feast in the village of Cana. The Bible calls this the first of his signs. Signs are proof of Jesus' claim to be from God and are stimulants to the people's faith. The Bible says when Jesus performed this sign of his divinity, he revealed his glory and his disciples began to believe in him. Jesus' disciples were those with whom he was developing a relationship He wanted the best for his disciples and did his best to show them how they were each like a painting in the process of being painted, a masterpiece in the making, as God, the master painter, was painting their lives. For the last three weeks, we've been discussing how God is a master artist and wants you and me to be one of his masterpieces. The better our relationship with Jesus, the better God can shape us into his masterpiece. Because when we have a solid relationship with Jesus, we are in communion with God, like Jesus was and is. Jesus uses a wedding to demonstrate the close relationship he and our Father in heaven want with us. So close that we are literally in communion with him. Throughout the Bible, the wedding feast is a great symbol. It's a great symbol of the communion that God wants to have with us. Just as a groom is deeply in love with his bride, so deeply is God in love with you. The prophet Isaiah speaks beautifully to this in today's first reading as he writes, as a young man marries a virgin, so your builder shall marry you. And the builder is God. Isaiah continues saying, as a bridegroom rejoices in his bride, so shall your God rejoice in you. Let's take a look at how Jesus uses two things from this wedding symbol, this wedding celebration. The empty stone jars and the water. 
We'll use these two things to show you how much God loves us and what he wants to do for us. The miracle Jesus performs at this wedding at Cana, as we said, is called a sign. An announcement that Jesus has come to change the very nature of our human existence as a divine being. He's come to take the water of our life and change it into wine. He's come to take what is ordinary, limited, and passing in us and transform it into something extraordinary, entirely new, and forever lasting. For a while yet, in this life, pain, upset, sin, and dying do remain part of our lives, but not the defining part of our lives. For even as we die, our loving Father has the power and the will to recreate us and to bring us to life on an entirely new plane. One we've never seen or imagined forever. And he will work that transformation in us if we work with him to give him the water. Just as the wine stewards did in the gospel, we have to give him the water which is our lives. That's what he's telling us with this miracle. Water into wine, sadness into joy, death into life forever. That's God's promise. And he's given us nothing less than Jesus' own rising from the grave as a guarantee that we can trust his promise. He proves it to us there. But maybe you've been feeling down and unworthy. Maybe feeling empty. All right. Most of us do know about emptiness, for it takes many forms. The emptiness after the Christmas tree comes down and all the carols are silent. The emptiness after a funeral, when our friends have gone home. The emptiness of a house without love. The emptiness of a life without purpose. The emptiness of betrayal. The emptiness of dead hopes and lost dreams. These are all real. The anguish of emptiness comes to us all sooner or later, some point in our lives. And it can pierce us to the course of our soul. Those massive empty stone jars at the wedding feast of Cana stand for all the aching, empty places in our lives and all of the longings for something more. Those empty stone jars are about you and me. Jesus spoke into that emptiness and our longings with a deed whose meaning cannot be mistaken. He fills those empty jars. He fills those empty jars with the choicest of wines. And in doing so, he promised that we will be filled with joy, which is God's joy to give. Joy that will never end. Remember, Jesus tells us elsewhere in the Gospels, I have come to give you joy so that your joy might be complete. For those whose hearts are ready to receive it, that joy can begin right now and grow mightily into the hereafter. That's what Jesus says. We may wonder, is that possible for me? Will it actually happen? Can I dare trust that? I encourage you to look around you. 
See the many masterpieces that our loving God is creating now. Take a flower in your hand. Look at it carefully. Look at the sky full of stars and the planets beyond numbering. Examine the tiny fingers of a newborn child. Can the one who made all of that by simply willing it to be fail to fill you full? You and me who are so small and yet so precious masterpieces in the making that we will be full is God's desire. Will we frustrate God's desire? Sometimes we do that and it may be happening for you. Some of us are empty and sad at this moment because we've let it be so. Let that end now. Open your eyes and start seeing as God sees. See what's getting in the way of living and loving as you are intended to live and love. What's keeping you from being the masterpiece that God intended? Name what's getting in the way, claim it, and let Jesus help you with it. Let him empower you. Open your heart so that the miracle can happen. Open your heart and you will be empty no more. The Lord will transform your emptiness and recreate all you are into his masterpiece. We mentioned three manifestations of Jesus today. Epiphany, his baptism, and this wedding at Cana. Jesus' life in these manifestations is progressively revealed. We know more and more about him with each one. God works the same way in your life, progressively, making us, with each little piece of progress, more and more of who we are, who he intends for us to be as we cooperate with him. If you look back on your life, and we encourage you to do that, you will see how God has revealed himself to you, disguised as the pattern of your life, progressively. Can you see that? Think of the times where God's been there for you, has protected you, helped you. Maybe you have a reason to feel disappointed right now. We acknowledge that. But at the same time, think about how God's been present in your past, revealed himself to you, manifested himself to you in the pattern of your life. When you can find that pattern, we encourage you to share a bit of your faith journey, a bit about that pattern with your family or friends so that they too will see those patterns in their lives and see how God is helping them and you to become truly his masterpiece.